Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. I pray that all is well with your soul. And before we begin today's message, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the matchless name of Jesus, we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name. We come before you this day, O Lord God, to study your word today and to worship you and to adore you. We come before you this day to lift our hands unto you and sing hallelujah praises to thy most glorious name, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. O Lord God, this is the day that you have made and we shall rejoice and be so glad in it, O Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for all of the manifold blessings that you've bestowed upon us in this life, O Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for all of those things that we take also for granted, O Lord, like every single heartbeat, every single breath that we take. We thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the cross on Calvary. We thank you, Lord God, for giving your only begotten Son that we may have life, life eternal, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for setting us free from the dominion of darkness and sickness and death, O Lord God. And we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name because only you are worthy of our praises, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we've gathered here, O Lord God, to to worship you and to praise you and to partake of your word, O Lord God, that you will be here with us. Let your precious Holy Spirit minister to us in his own special way, O Lord, because only you know the needs, the desires, everything that's going on in our lives. So we ask that Holy Spirit will just speak to us in his own special way. Let him give us your words, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we ask that you also be here with us today, that we may remember to reach out to touch the very hem of your garment, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, we thank you, and we praise you for all things. Heavenly Father God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise, O Lord God. Let us be prepared to really receive your word today, that we may hear and understand what you're trying to tell us through your words, O Lord. I give it to you, Heavenly Father, again, take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God again, who's happy to be alive today in the house of the Lord. And and uh, let us be prepared to, to, to receive a word today, to really be moved by the hand of God, that he may work in our lives to do and to bring about what it is that he desires for us, O Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus that we may do what he wants us to do. Amen, amen. And then going right in and getting right into this, the question I pose to you is that how many, how many listening here have, have known what it's like to wait on God? Amen. How many know, know what it's like to wait on God? I'm sure if I were standing in front of you, there would be many hands raised because we all have the experience of waiting on God, no matter how old or young you are. You all have that experience, you know. And that's what this message is all about. It's, it's understanding God and understanding God's timing. Amen. So let's jump right into it and always go to the Word of God. That's what's important. Turn into your Bibles. And if you don't have your Bible, hit this message on, hit your, uh, recorder there. Hit your playback thing and go get your message. Pause it. You know, pause the message and go get your Bible and come back and join us. It's most effective when we uh, can read directly for ourselves from the, read it, from the Word of God to see what is being said. Amen. Amen. So going to James 1, James chapter 1, and just starting with verse number 2. 
My brethren, count it all joy, underline the word joy, when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. The trying of your faith works patience. Let patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it be given to him. Amen, 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 praise God. Verse number four again, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen. Remember, remember that God is never in a hurry, but he is always on time. He will use our entire lifetimes, you know, to prepare us for our roles on earth and into eternity. Okay? Be patient. Be patient with God, but also be patient with yourself. One of life's biggest frustrations is that God's timetable is rarely, and I say rarely, the same as ours. Amen? Amen? You know, we are often in a hurry when God isn't. We're the ones. We are often in a hurry when God isn't. Sometimes we feel even, you know, frustrated with the seemingly slow progress that we're making in life. You know, the Bible is filled with examples of how God uses uh, sometimes a long process to develop a character, to develop character in us. He took 80 years, okay? He took 80 years to prepare Moses, including 40 years in the timetable. For 14,600 days, that's 40 years, 14,600 days, 40 years, Moses kept waiting and wandering. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? But God kept saying to him, no, my son, not yet. Not yet. You know, you see, you see, understand, understand, saints of God, that um, contrary to popular book titles that you can find out there on the bookshelves, you know, in the secular bookshelves, you, you know, you know, such as, you know, seven steps to success and all that sort of thing or or secrets of instant achievement. You know, there's no such thing as seven steps to success. You know, or some, or or, or some, uh, um, you, you know, some book that some man has written to uh, help us to achieve instant, instant success in life. It just doesn't work that way, you know. When God, when God, you now listen to and think about this for a moment. Now, when God wants to make a giant oak tree, it may take hundreds of years, okay. But when He wants to make a mushroom, He does it overnight. Okay, he does it overnight. And think about that too. I mean, all of us have, have, most of us have backyards and things like that. I know I have, uh, here in the Northwest, I, uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, have these mushrooms that overnight, literally overnight, they seem to pop up in the backyard. You know, you can go to bed at one night and the next day you get up and you happen to look out the window and you see uh, one or two mushrooms. You know, they weren't there the night before, you know. But when it comes down to a giant oak tree, it can take a hundred years. Okay. Over the mushroom, God seems to do it, seems to grow overnight. Remember, saints of God, that great souls are grown through struggles and storms and seasons of challenges. You know, so be patient. Be patient with the process that God is working in your life. Okay? Let's go to Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Go to Habakkuk here. Habakkuk chapter 2. 
Okay, we've been here many times before, and I'm sure you've been here, and it's a, a well-known scripture, but it, it certainly fits in with today's word, today's message. Amen. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2, and just reading verses 2 and 3, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Underline. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Underline. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Okay. Behold. His soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just, the just shall live by his faith. Amen. But the operative words there, the key words is that for the vision is not yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. Okay. It will not tarry. Amen. So what it's saying here is that the vision is for, is for an appointed time. God has his timing. There's no point in time for certain things to come about in your life. Okay? So don't get discouraged. When Habakkuk became depressed because he didn't think God was acting quickly enough, that's what God told him. Okay? Right, to, 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 to hold on. Right? It's for the appointed time. But it will indeed come. It says, but at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Okay, and also remember, saints of God, that that a delay in something happening for, uh, uh, in your life, you know, from God, a delay in something happening or some answer coming to you, you know, does not mean that God has denied your prayer request. Not at all. It does not mean that. Okay, everything shall come to you, and it will be in the appointed time. Okay, and one thing that you can also do is that you should always remember how far you've come. Remember how far you've come, not just how far you have to go. You know, you might not be where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. All right. Let me say that to you again. Okay. Remember, remember how far you've come. Not just, don't think about just how far you have to go. You might not be where you want to be, but also neither are you where you used to be. Okay. Remember, remember that, that God is not finished with you yet. Not by a long shot. So you have to say to yourself, you know, be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Again, why don't you actually where you are listening to this message, say it, say it out loud to yourself. Be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Okay. There was a, a, a someone, an ancient Greek writer, someone named uh, Aesop. Okay. You, you may remember him. Okay. From school grade school and things like that, or maybe your mom or dad read, read some of your fables, some of his fables to you. But Aesop's fable, and one of the famous ones that I remember, is about the tortoise and the hare. Okay? Now again, you know, Aesop was a Greek storyteller who wrote well over 600 fables, you know. So I'm going to read this one to you about the, uh, um, the tortoise and the hare. Okay? And it starts off by saying, A hare was making fun of the tortoise one day for being so slow. Do you ever get anywhere, he asked, with a mocking laugh. This is what he said to the tortoise. Do you ever get anywhere, laughing at him? Yes, replied the tortoise, and I get there sooner than you might think. I'll run you a race and prove it. The hare was much amused at the idea of running a race with the tortoise, but for the fun of the thing, he agreed. 
So the fox, who had consented to act as judge, marked the distance and started the runners off. The hare was soon far out of sight, and to make the tortoise feel very deeply how ridiculous it was for him to try a race with a hare, he lay down beside the course to take a nap until the tortoise could catch up. The tortoise, meanwhile, kept going slowly but steadily, slowly but steadily, and after a time passed the place where the hare was sleeping. But the hare slept on very peacefully, and when at last he did wake up, the tortoise was near the goal. The hare now ran his swiftest, but he could not overtake the tortoise in time, and the tortoise won the race, and the tortoise run the, the race. The hare in the story was evidently very confident of winning. You know, so he stopped. He stopped during the race and decided he would just go in and take a nap and fell asleep. The tortoise, in the meantime, continued to move very slowly, very methodically, but without stopping. And finally, it won the race. Okay? Now, being an ancient Greek, you know, storyteller, there's no evidence out there any place, you know, that, that uh, Aesop was or was not, you know, a Christian. Okay, but this story about the tortoise and the hare, it certainly, it certainly ties in with what scripture talks about concerning godly perseverance. The moral lesson of the story ties in to biblical concepts that you can be more successful by doing things slowly and steadily with God's direction. You can be more successful by doing things slowly and steadily with God's direction than by acting quickly, being in a puffed up uh, state of mind, and being careless about what we're doing based on our own or someone else's direction. Okay? And let me say that to you again so you understand where I'm coming from here now. You know, the, 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 the moral here is, is that's that biblical concept concept that we can be more successful by doing things with perseverance and by waiting on God slowly and steadily with God's direction than by acting on our own, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a hastened, uh, puffed up and often careless sort of, uh, sort of uh, way about going about our lives, you know, and doing those things based on your own or someone else's direction, you know. Remember, says again, God isn't finished with you. So keep on moving forward. The tortoise won by persevering, you know. So, so, so talk it over with yourself, you know, and ask yourself, you know, ask yourself honestly and openly, how is God using, or how has God used a season of challenges in my life to develop my character? Ask yourself that. How has God used, or how is God using, perhaps, you know, a season of challenges that are in my life right now, you know, to develop your character? Think back a little bit. Think about the challenges that you went through, you know, a week ago, a year ago, five years ago, whatever it was. You know, think about those challenges. And how did God use those challenges when he got you through to help to develop your character? Okay. Ask yourself and think about why is it so hard for me to be patient? Right? Why is it so hard for me to be patient even when I believe that God is at work? Okay. If you know that God is at work, you know, we know that God is working there. So why, you know, do we wind up being so impatient? Right? We have to ask ourselves and reflect on that for a moment. You know, think about, think about also what promises from God or experiences from my past 
can I remember that encourage me as I wait on God's timing? Think back to the things that happened in your past and how God brought you through and the things that God did. Okay, how can that encourage me to to help me to uh, to hold fast, to hold on while God is doing whatever it is that he is working on in my life? While God is working on or has already worked on what I've been praying for. And I'm simply waiting for the answer to that prayer to be to be made manifest here in the natural. Amen. Let's go to the book of Galatians. Praise God. God is a good God all the time. He's a good God. Book of Galatians. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6 we want to go to. Galatians chapter 6. All things are in God's timing. Okay? And we can all, all benefit if we, if we don't give up, if we just hold on. All things are in God's timing. Galatians 6, and we want to start with verse number 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Please underline, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. Okay? So fainting means to give up. Okay? Alrighty? So it says in, in, in due season, in due time, we shall reap if we faint not. Okay? And it starts off in verse number 7 by saying, don't be deceived. Okay? Don't let someone mislead you here or, or your own mind mislead you. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Remember that. Whatsoever you sow in life, you're going to reap that. Okay? You're going to reap it. Whatsoever you sow. What you put into life is what you're going to get out of it. What you don't put into life, well, life can also, can also impact what you do not wind up getting out of it, okay? So we, we need to remember that, that, that if we sow with the flesh, the things that we do in this life are based on, on carnal things or, 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 or carnal actions and fleshly, worldly actions, then the only thing that we are going to reap is simply corruption or things that don't last. Things that are not meaningful, you know, things that are corrupt or things that don't last, things that, that are not meaningful to us, okay? Alrighty? But, however, if we sow, uh, if we sow, if we sow, sow to the Spirit, you know, following the Holy Spirit and, and, and reaching out for and reaching after spiritual things, Holy Spirit things, then of the Holy Spirit we shall reap. And the things that we always reap from Holy Spirit, of course, will be wonderful things, things that will be everlasting, things that will be eternal in God's life, in God's mind, in God's kingdom. Amen. So we have to always think about how are we, how are we, how are we living our lives? How are we, how are we sowing things in our, in our life, you know? You know, in, in, in the waiting room of life, in the so-called waiting room of life, you can choose to trust God instead of panicking. You also need to remember two things. One, God is never in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. And two, God is never late. 
God's timing is always perfect. God's timing is always perfect. There's no such thing as God being overdue. No such thing as God being uh, showing up too early. You know, all this happened too soon in my life. All this didn't happen soon enough. God's timing for you is always perfect. So whatever that thing is that you're waiting on, whatever it is that you're praying for, and it hasn't been made manifest yet in your life right before your eyes, then God's timing is perfect, and you just have to wait on him. And continue sowing things of, of, a, of a spiritual nature in line with Holy Spirit and not doing things of a carnal nature or based on flesh, fleshly decision making. Okay? And, and, and what happens? What happens in those times when you're waiting, when it appears that God is late? You know? It may times seem like God is late. What, what happens during that timing, during that time that you're waiting and it seems like God is late? Well, listen to this now. God is getting you ready for a breakthrough. God's getting you ready for a breakthrough. He's preparing you. He's preparing you for a breakthrough to, to get to the point where he wants you to be so that you can be, be strong enough and bold enough and benefit from whatever it is that he's preparing you for. Okay? God's timing is perfect and his timing is never late. I can't say that too many times, you know? Uh, and one example of that that comes to mind, and we've spoken of Lazarus before, but it's in the uh, the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead, you know. And to summarize that, you may recall, Lazarus had become uh, very sick, and his sisters Mary and Martha had sent word to Jesus, you know, to come quickly to them. At this time, Jesus was with his disciples, you know, and he told them that um, this sickness, Lazarus' sickness, will not end in death. You know, he said, no, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. That's at, that's at John 11, verse number 4, if you want to go to it and check it out, okay? So they had called for him, you know, and he said, no, this is, this is not, not, not to death. The sickness is, is not to end in death, it's for God's glory, okay? Now, what is interesting is that Jesus loved Lazarus, Mary and Martha, very much, as the word says, but when he heard of the news, he stayed where he was for two more days. He didn't just pick up and run. He stayed for two more days. Now, he had, he had told them, you know, in the scripture, said this sickness will not end in death, okay? Not at all. It's for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. And so he stayed. He didn't just up and run. He stayed where he was for two more days. He didn't drop everything. He didn't run to rush to heal him while he was sick. He didn't rush to heal him while he was sick. Okay, not at all. Because, again, God's timing is perfect. Now, as you may recall, you know, the events there even get more interesting. You know, it says that, the scripture goes on to say, when Jesus arrives there, he finds that Lazarus, Lazarus was dead and had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Okay, because remember, uh, she even said, oh, gee whiz, four days. By now his body stinketh, the word of God says. You know, four days he was gone. Okay, so you would think, you'd think that God's timing is for sure too late here. You know, in the natural, in our own human minds. Well, gee whiz, you know, four days late. The guy's been in the tomb four days. Wow, he's in bad shape. And we think that, gee whiz, Jesus showed up too late. God's timing in this case is not good at all. Okay, the guy is dead. How much later can you get than that? You know, but. Remember, Jesus has the power over life and death because he is the creator of life. And he who is life can certainly restore life. 
Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and said, did I not tell you that if you believed, if you believed, if you believed, you would see the glory of God? That's what's in John 11. It's around verse 40. Okay. There were many Jews there now, you may recall, who, who eyewitnessed this miracle when he called Lazarus forth. They eyewitnessed it. And afterwards, they wind up putting their faith in Jesus. You see, now, what you really have to understand is that God had a purpose. God had a purpose and a plan in raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, listen, if Jesus had healed Lazarus while he was sick, there would not have been as many people, those Jews, gathered there as they were when they came to mourn his death. Okay? That's why Jesus didn't jump up and run. I'm sure God the Father was telling him to tarry. Don't go right now. Because Jesus said that, that this sickness is not, not to end in death. Alright? So God had a purpose. He had a plan for raising Lazarus from the dead when he did. If Jesus had gone there the first time he heard that he was sick and healed him, and healed him while he was sick, well, they had seen Jesus heal before, okay? But this, this raising him from the dead was certainly more impactful. Okay? Right? And those Jews certainly would not have been there to witness what was going on, what he had done. Okay, So, without God's perfect timing, all these Jews would not have been put, not have put their trust in him. So, what I'm saying to you, saints of God, is, is don't give up your faith. All right? Don't give up your faith. Hold on. Hold on. Okay? Keep praying and serving God. Keep on, keep on sowing. Keep on sowing. Keep on, keep on believing. You know, don't give up. Because you are getting ready for a miracle. You are going to reap a miracle. Okay? Right? And what have I always said? The reason we don't see more miracles today is because we don't believe in miracles. So believe it, saint of God, that, that, that while you may seem like you are, are being delayed or God is being, is delayed, or, or, or just hold on to the fact. Keep your faith. Don't give up. You're going to, to, to receive a miracle. You're going to reap a miracle. Okay? Now let's go to Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 29. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Jeremiah 29, verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. When you shall search for me with all your heart. When you shall search for me with all your heart. Okay? God already knows what he's going to do in your life next month, next year, in the next decade. And his plan for you is good. Okay? He knows. He knows. He says that, that I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. God already knows. All right? So what we have to do is to hold on, is to hold on. And if you believe that God knows what he wants to do, then there's nothing for us to be fretful about. Okay? During this time that we are waiting, we need to learn to pray. We need to learn to, to pray for breakthroughs. Develop a daily habit of prayer. 
You know, there are laws of spiritual growth that we must follow to grow and mature in Christ. Just as God created the universe with physical laws like gravity, he also established spiritual laws that we must follow to mature in Christ. Prayer, prayer, prayer always plays a vital role in our ability to grow up spiritually. In our world of of calendars and clocks and the Internet, we can get so caught up with this concept that we call time, you know. With a pregnancy, you know, a mom can be expecting, a mom can be expecting during her pregnancy, and one child can be born later, later than the due date. And another child can be born earlier than the due date. Amen? Now, in human eyes, the first child was late, and the second child was early. But in God's eyes, both children were on time. Amen? Neither one was late or neither one was early. In God's eyes, both children were on time. You see, our concept of time is certainly not the same as God's concept of time. Because God is the creator of time and his timing is perfect. Amen. Praise God. Let me repeat that. Our concept of time is certainly not the same as God's concept of time. Because God is the creator of time and his timing is perfect. All right. Would you expect his timing to be anything less than perfect after all? Okay. Because he is God and God is perfect himself. So therefore, if he's the creator of time and if he's perfect, then that means that, that, that God's timing is also perfect. All right. Now, the word perfect is defined as excellent or complete beyond improvement without flaws, flaws, accurate in every detail. Okay, when something is perfect, it can't be improved upon. It can't go any further. It's at its its optimal uh, point of existence. Okay, it's perfect in all ways. So that's what God is. So if God is perfect, and if God is the creator of time, then that means that God's timing is indeed perfect, also. Okay. Now, and then the way way you know the way it's been defined is that without anything that is beyond improvement, well, that sounds just like our God, doesn't it? God is beyond improvement. Sounds just like our God. When it comes down to God's perfect timing, he's never early, he's never late, and he's always on time. Okay. Now, I know I'm human just like you. I know that waiting on God is never easy. You know, praying is one thing, but waiting is another. You know, you can always say, oh, well, go and pray about it. You know, pray about it and have faith and trust God, you know, and that's easier said than done many times. I realize that. I understand that. Okay. But we have to be steadfast in trusting and believing God and get to the point again, you know, you know, clocks and calendars and internet. We're all so caught up in everything today is time, time, time. Let's, let's see if we can. Can, let's see if we can change our thinking, change our hearts, and get ourselves into thinking the way God think, thinks. And more importantly, just simply having faith, knowing that if God's timing is perfect, then what I've been praying for, God will answer me, and it will come to pass in God's timing, which will be the right time. Again, go back to the thing about the baby there, okay? All right, all right. In our eyes, a baby was born early. In our eyes, the baby is born late, but whenever that baby is born, it's the perfect timing because this is when God has ordained that baby to be born. So it's it's in God's time, and it's got to be perfect. Okay, so again, like I said, praying is one thing. Waiting can also often be something else. Okay, 
I know it can be hard when you're believing and waiting on God to answer your prayers and you can be believing for a new job. You know, you may be believing for healing in your body or a family member's body, something you're waiting for. You Maybe you're waiting for a child to be conceived. You and your husband or you and your wife are waiting for a child to be conceived. And it can be, can be trying, you know. Maybe you're praying for, for guidance in making important life decisions, you know, such as when to buy a house, you know. Or maybe you're praying and waiting for a decision on, on when to change jobs, careers. Maybe you're praying about, should I take a promotion or should I do this relative to my job? You know, maybe you're praying about when to move to another location or should you move to another location? You know, the list of things that we as God's children are, are often praying for and believing and waiting for can go on and on and on. You know, it can be quite lengthy. You know, why? Because this is the way life is. This is the way life is. If you are a human being, and more importantly, if you are a child of God, you have aspirations in life. If you are a human being, and more importantly, if you are a child of God, things enter into your life, things that have to be be dealt with. So many times we are are praying and simply waiting. Sometimes, sometimes when we doubt God's timing, and let's be honest about it, sometimes when we doubt God's timing and we feel that we have done enough waiting, we may not necessarily see the big picture. Okay? Don't forget, don't forget, you know, you know, you know, we're not God. God is in child is in charge of our lives and he knows what he has in store for us. He knows where he wants us to be if we're willing to be to to be uh trusting and follow his his direction. Okay? We cannot see the big picture like God does. We have such a limited view of our lives. We have a very very limited view of our lives. God knows the beginning and the end and everything in between. He may not answer for you too early because he has something much greater in store for you. Okay? He may not answer too early because he may have something something much greater in store for you. See? And and that should be exciting to you, you know, in the final analysis. You should stop and, and think about that. Well, gee whiz, if God is is delaying an answer, and again, I said now, you know, delay is not a denial. Okay, because God appears to be delaying, you know, that is not a denial. He hasn't said no, okay, but it it could mean that he's working on something. He's working on something much greater for you. There's something that is in store for you. God is never late. God's delays are not necessarily his denials, okay? So again, when you think you've been waiting too long for an answered prayer, and you pretty much think, your request is as good as dead, like Lazarus. God has a greater plan and, and purpose that can be beyond you and your prayer. His timing is perfect and he is never late. God is not limited by our timetable. Let me say that again. God is not limited by our timetable. You may not always understand his timing, but you must continue to trust and believe that our creator and the creator of this universe has got it together more than you do. Okay, believe it. Believe it. Okay, he's got it together more than than you do. All right. Let's go to Isaiah 55, the important verse in winding down here. The book of Isaiah. Isaiah 55. Thank you, Jesus. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Isaiah 55. Verse number eight. Isaiah 55, 
verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And then I just want to jump down to verse number 11 here too. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. And it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Amen. Amen. So God's thoughts are not, you know, not, not our thoughts. You know, we can't dare to understand or no way, no way come near understanding God's thoughts for our lives entirely. You know, when God is ready for you to understand what it is he wants to say or do, then he will make it clear enough to you so that you can understand it and hear it. Amen. God's not going to say things to you if you are not ready to receive it and to understand it. Okay. So just keep that in mind that God doesn't think the way we think, not by a long shot. No way. No way. You know, so so again, when you get tired of waiting and when you feel like giving up, remember that God's timing is perfect. He's never early, never late, and always, always, always on time. Amen. So a couple of ref- re- reflection points in closing down. You're coming to a close. A couple of reflection points and, you know, some things to kind of think on. You know, you can ask yourself, you know, what, what prayers, what prayers are you waiting for God to answer right now? What prayers are you waiting for for God to answer? This is where it comes in handy to, to, to do some journaling, you know, where you have a book that you can jot down things in. Or if you have an electronic device that you're comfortable with using, you know, record some of the things. You know, what prayers are you waiting for God to answer? You know, have you been waiting so long that you're ready to give up? Again, be honest with yourself now. Have you been waiting so long that you're ready to give up? Do you have, do you have a difficult time trusting God's timing? Amen. Do you have a difficult time trusting God's timing? Have you placed expectations? Another point. Have you placed expectations on God to answer your prayers a certain way or at a certain time? And that's like, you know, your way and your timing. Okay. Have you, have you placed that? Have you, 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 do you have a prayer out there that you, you said basically, you know, you know, God, I need an answer, you know, by Friday, by Friday, such and such a date. At 3 p.m., <laughs> you know, you know, other, you know, that you, you, you've put God, you try to put God into a, a, a box, so to speak, you know, or, or are you looking for your prayer to be answered in a certain way? You know, you know, you desire for God to only say this, only do this, or at a certain time and so forth. You're trying to, you are trying to bring God down into your reality instead of you praying and reaching into God's reality. Okay. You know, and that's the problem, the problem with many parts of Christianity today and everything, the way things are changing, things are straying away from the word of God. You know, people have taken the Bible and are so, so watered down. It's because many times as Christians, we are trying to, to bring down, bring God down to our level instead of us aspiring to reach up and to be at God's level. Okay. Right. We cannot make God or think that God's going to come down to think and behave the way men behave. That God is going to come down to man's level and all of a sudden make it okay to do this and make it okay to do that. Simply because the social norms are changing. Because some things in our social environment are changing. 
that now all of a sudden we we water down the word of God to make try and make God's word fit our social conditions. It doesn't work that way at all. Our social conditions conditions should always be aspiring to be in line with God's word. Not not crafting God's word around us to fit the things that we want to embrace that's going on in the social environment. Amen. Amen. So, so th- these are some of the things that you should reflect on. Again, quickly, you know, wh- what prayers are you waiting for God to answer? Have you been waiting so long that you're ready to give up? Do you have a difficult time trusting God's timing? And the third one is, have you placed expectations on God to answer your prayers in a certain way or at a certain time? You know, in other words, your way and your timing instead of God's way and his timing. Okay, so a couple of action points here that you can embrace and pray about, think about, is pray for God to help you develop greater trust in him and in his timing. Pray for it. Okay, when you're waiting for this thing and you know you finally you finally reconciled yourself to the fact that you are indeed getting impatient and you want it done your way, then you pray and then you ask God to help you to develop greater trust in him and in his timing. Okay. Lord, I prayed for so-and-so and so, and I know that you will give it to me in your time. Oh, Lord God, please forgive me for being impatient. But, Lord God, help me, help me, help me to understand and to have more trust in you so that I can trust your timing. Ask God. He'll give you, he'll give you that trust. He'll give you that peace in just sitting back and letting him work out the things in your life. Okay? Another one here, here is do not give up praying. Whatever you do, do not give up praying. Even if you feel like you can't wait any longer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We still need to be persistent in prayer. Amen. Be like that, that, that uh, tortoise. Don't give up. Just keep on plugging along. Just keep on plugging along. Be persistent in your prayer. Because prayer does two things. Not that God needs to be reminded, but it builds up your faith. It builds up your faith. It also reinforces the, um, the, 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 the value of spending time in prayer and discussing your anxieties with God when you're praying for something. All right. Another point here, action point is remember that God's ways are not your ways and that his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Remember that. When you get to the point in your life that you just don't understand what's going on, say, well, gee whiz, you know, I'm a child of God. I'm his. I know that he wants the best for me because he said he thinks nothing but good things for me, not evil things, things. God thinks nothing but good things for me. So you know that. Amen. Amen. So remember, remember that, that my thoughts, my thoughts are much lower than his. Okay. God's ways are not, are, are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts. His thoughts are much higher than my thoughts. You know, God may not answer you exactly when you want him to. Or even the way you may want him to. But know that, saints of God, know that, know that. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those who are called according to his purpose. Okay? Now, here's a big revelation to you. Guess what? If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you've asked Jesus Christ into your life, and, and you've confessed him as your Lord and Savior. You've repented of your sins. You admitted your sins for God and you've asked for forgiveness. And you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
and you've asked him into your life, then guess what? You are a born-again believer. You are a child of God. That means that you are called according to his purpose. So that's you. That's you. So when you read Romans 8, verse 28, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Well, that's you. You've been called for his purpose. Okay. So that means then that it will work together for good for you. And all you have to do, saints of God, is simply to, 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 to continue having faith in God, continue trusting him. And know that you know that you know that you know that God's time is in his time. And that whatever works out for you in his time will indeed be a good thing. Will indeed be a good thing. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us remember to honor God. Honor God with your tithes and offerings. Bless him so that you may indeed be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, O oh Lord God, for this time that we've had for you, Lord, with you, Lord. And we pray that as we close, O oh Lord God, as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, that we shall remember these words and keep these words deeply, deeply planted within our spirits so that they cannot be stolen away when the evil one tries to raise his ugly head in our lives, O oh Lord God. That in the name of Jesus we shall remember your words and we shall, we shall use the sword of the Spirit and lob off the head of any adversity that would try to come into our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we will trust in you. We will wait on you because we know that your timing is perfect, O oh Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus that, that, that help us to continually develop patience and, and faith and trust in you as you minister as your Holy Spirit works in our lives to bring about your purpose, because your purpose is good, and we shall wait on you. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Go forth, go forth, my saints, and be blessed in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen.